Make your way back to your seats. We're going to get started. As you make your way back to your seats, I want to welcome you once again to Providence Road. If you're a guest with us this morning, welcome. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are very grateful and thankful that you're here with us this morning. We are uh, going to be finishing our series on the book of Philippians this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite all of us to turn to Philippians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, there is one uh, under the seat in front of you. The verses will eventually be on the screen as well. But I encourage you to open a Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Let's start reading together in verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except only you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would do a great work among us this morning. Father, that you would teach us and bring us to this place where we truly see, not just with our minds, but every part of our being that we would see that all we need is you. In times of plenty, in times of need, in times of joyful circumstances and time of painful circumstances in every situation and every reality of our lives the truth is all we need is you help us to see that this morning help us to see all we need and all we want is you we ask this in jesus name amen This morning, we are brought face-to-face with the secret to contentment. One author says that contentment is a rare jewel. So, in other words, it is something that we all long for, but something that that we rarely find. I mean, isn't that true? Don't we all long to be content and satisfied in every circumstance in our life, and just about the time we feel that we are content and satisfied in this life, it leaves us. 
And it leaves us desiring and wanting more. So contentment is like this never-ending search for something in our life that would truly satisfy us and, and cause us to say in good times and bad times, I'm all good, it's, it's, it's all good. I'm content if I have a lot or if I have little. So the question that we're going to really ask is what can bring us true contentment in this life? Is there anything? I mean, what is there in this life that will enable us in good times and bad times to be able to say, you know what, I'm satisfied, I'm content. No matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, no matter in times of plenty, no matter in times of need, that we can truly say, it is well with my soul, I am content. So we're gonna look at this morning. We're gonna look at this rare jewel of contentment. Look at verse 11. The Apostle Paul says that not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And so the first thing that we notice, the first thing we see in this passage is that contentment is unconnected to circumstances. All right, so, so Paul is making it very clear in this passage that contentment isn't determined by our circumstances. So, in other words, more stuff does not equal satisfaction and less stuff does not rob us of satisfaction. So Paul is saying in any and every situation, any and every circumstance that he finds himself in in this life, whether he has a lot or whether he has nothing at all, he says, I have learned to be content. Now, this is essentially the opposite of what the world teaches us, isn't it? For many of us, we believe because the world has taught us from, from the very beginning that if our circumstances were different, if only I had something else, if only I had a little more, if only I could change this certain thing in my life, life would be better and I would be satisfied and then finally I would be content. But the question really is this, is are we ever going to find ourselves in the perfect circumstance in life? And are, are we really ever going to feel like we ever have enough? It's like we're chasing after something in our, in our life that we can never get. The desire for more, the desire for better circumstances in our lives is a desire that never, ever, ever will be satisfied. Because the desire for more, it will never end. And we'll always find ourselves in different circumstances and different situations in our lives where we feel if only this could change, if only we find ourselves in better circumstances, that then and only then we would be content. And so it leaves us in this place where we're always looking for something else. And we can never, ever really be satisfied today, right now, this moment, in this place. Now maybe you can relate to this, this poem that I read this week. I'm not really into poems, but I, I, I ran across this and I thought it was really fitting for us this morning. It's gonna be on the screen. It says, it was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool day air. 
It was fall, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was now winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted to be more mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle age I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. Can you relate to this? I mean, I can. In many ways, this describes my life. And if you're honest with yourself, it describes your life too. This never-ending pursuit of wanting more, wanting better, wanting something bigger in order for us to be content with our lives today. Listen, what do you think that you need in your life to be content? If only I had this, right? If only I had this, then I would be satisfied. Or only if I had this, I would be content. If I could change this, if I could have this, then, 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 right? What is that? More stuff, bigger house, a new job, getting married, what happens when we get those things? It still leaves us wanting more, doesn't it? It still leaves us wanting something else. And before you know it, we're on to the next bigger and better thing that actually will promise to satisfy the deepest longings of our heart and our soul, if only then, right? But it never will. It never will. Because true contentment isn't found in the external. It's not, it's not found in, in, in having more stuff. It's not even found in, in, in better circumstances. The peace and the rest and the joy that our souls long for is not in the external. But Paul is telling us, he's leading us to this place that we see that true contentment is found internally. That true contentment is found in a relationship with God through Christ. We, we don't need more stuff. We, we don't need better circumstances. What we need to be content and satisfied in this life is to know and see that all we need and all we want in this life is found and met in God in Christ Jesus. Now listen very carefully. I think a lot of us may know that because that's kind of a Sunday school answer, right? I mean, we know intellectually and we, we know uh, for the most part that all we need and all we really desire is found in Christ. But listen very carefully. This knowing, I mean, really knowing this is true does not just come intellectually. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It comes through experiencing it. So in other words, true contentment and coming to this place where we truly know at the deepest parts of our mind and soul and all of our being to be able to say, all I need and all I want is you, God, comes through experience. It's learned. That's what Paul says. Look again at verse 11. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in every, any and every circumstance. I have learned, so there it is again, the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. So Paul says two times in this passage that he learned to be content. And so 
It wasn't like he woke up one morning and he just found his, it with, within his soul and his heart, he found this, like, this peace and this joy and this contentment. It was through life experiences, both in having a lot and having nothing at all, that through it all, through all these experiences, that Paul learned to be content. He, he learned to come to this place and be able to say that all I need and all I want is you, Jesus. It's all I need. It's all I want. Paul experienced both, having a lot and having nothing at all. Now, if you remember going back to the very beginning and the very first uh, sermon on the book of Philippians, and I, I'm assuming that you've got it memorized and you know it well, but in, just in case you forgot, let me, let me kind of, let me, let, me, let me say one thing about one person that we talked about in that very first sermon. It was the person Lydia. Now, Lydia was, was uh, living in Philippi and and, and Paul went to Philippi to plant the church. And so, and so the Lord used Paul and brought him to Lydia. And the Lord saved Lydia through Paul being faithful and preaching the gospel to her. Now, if you remember, Lydia was a wealthy woman. So she was, she was like this CEO of Prada, all right? So she was a fashionista. She made a lot of money selling clothes and, and cloths and stuff like that. So she had an abundance. Now, when Paul was in Philippi, Lydia invited him and his friends to stay with her. So Paul knew what it was like to, to enjoy the comforts of sleeping in a California king. And he knew what it was like to enjoy the finest Philippian cuisine, whatever that may have been. So he, he knew luxury. He, he got to taste it and experience it. But Paul also experienced having nothing at all. Paul faced some of the most challenging and difficult situations and circumstances and hardships that none of us would ever, ever experience here in Norman, Oklahoma. Let me read you, actually, just listen to what Paul, Paul, Paul lays out the hardships that he had faced in his, in his life. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst without often without food and cold and exposure and apart from all these other things, there is this daily pressure on me from, of my anxiety for all of the churches. So keep this in mind, guys. Picture this man who had to learn to be content. So, so see Paul relaxing at a courtyard pool, enjoying some lobster and, and enjoying some time with friends and his new sister in Christ with Lydia. Picture him enjoying all the, uh, the blessings and all the luxury that's found in this world. But also see this man with his back, with flesh being torn off due to being whipped. I mean, see this, this man whose head was probably cracked over with a rod. I mean, see this man who survived a day and night all alone, just drifting out in the middle of sea, in the sea. I mean, see him struggling to sleep at night with no food and no water with this, with, with this constant threat, is someone going to, to, to capture me and beat me again? You see it? 
You, you see him? You, you, you see his circumstances? Well, then read it again. Verse 11. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, lower than any of us probably have ever experienced in this life. And I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and through it all, Paul learned through his life experiences of having a bunch and having nothing at all of how to be content. And we must too. I mean, this is the way, guys. This is the way for us to see, and this is the way for us to experience, and this is the way for us not just to know intellectually, but at the core of our being, with every part of who we are, to be able to say, Jesus, you are enough. You are sufficient. You are all that we need. So the question is this, are you in need this morning? Maybe you feel like, man, if my circumstances were better if they were different, then I would be so much more satisfied and content. Maybe you're hoping for a, a new job that promises true contentment and satisfaction. Maybe you're looking to more money to satisfy whatever desire you may have. Maybe the hope of future marriage and maybe having more kids. I, I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, what we need to see in this passage and what we need to learn is don't look at your circumstances. Don't, don't let your needs this morning consume you, but instead see your, your season of life potentially within a, a season of need, within a season of difficult circumstances. See it for what it is. It is an opportunity that God has given you to see and experience and know that he is all that you need. He's all that you need. It's not easy. Paul would never say it's easy. He never said, you know what, I enjoy just getting cracked over the head with a, with a rod. But through it all, he came to this place to see and experience and know, not just intellectually, but it was this freeing truth that, God, you are all that I need. Because the reality is we're always going to feel like we need more. And you're always going to feel like you need better in different circumstances, Always. But in our times of need, in our times of difficult circumstances, our Heavenly Father wants to teach us and show us that true satisfaction is found in Him. To bring us to this place where we say, Lord, all I need and all I want is You. Do you have plenty this morning? Now, to be honest with you, this is the hardest place for us to learn contentment. And this is, this is where most of us live in Norman, Oklahoma. Why? Well, we live in this place of abundance, don't we? Probably none of us today will leave this place hoping that we will just find something to eat. <clears throat> Most of us uh, get to experience luxury that the majority of the world will never get to experience. We get to go home to a nice bed. We get to go home to the, to the, the promise of a shelter that keeps us warm at night. Most of us in this room have all of our needs met. And you know what happens when all of our needs are met we get consumed with wants. And before you know it, it's all we think about. We want more. We want, we want, we want more things. We want, we want more comfort. We want, we, we want bigger and better things. And, and these wants become our greatest treasure. It's what we seek after. Why? Because we, f we feel and think that these things will bring us the greatest pleasure. 
question is, are we satisfied this morning? You satisfied? You think Norman, Oklahoma is satisfied this morning? You think we're content in all of our abundance? Maybe for a moment, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, for a moment, yeah, it's really satisfying when we get what we want, but it's fleeting and it leaves us and it leaves us looking and longing for something else that will truly satisfy us. And so it's here in the school of abundance where most of us will always live that we need to learn and see this truth, this hard truth, that nothing external is, uh, is ultimately going to satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts and souls. You see, to believe that we will finally be happy and satisfied when we get what we want is a lie. It's a lie. But the truth that we need to learn in the school of abundance is that our hearts will always be restless. They will always, always, always be restless and they will always be discontent until we see and know that he is all that we want. And this guy's just comes through experience. It comes through seeing. I, I can't just lay this out for you and all of a sudden right now you're going to see it and get it. And your heart's gonna be satisfied. Your heart's gonna be content. You gotta walk through this. You, you gotta walk through the, the school of, uh, of need and you gotta walk to the school of, of plenty and through it all we come to this place where we see and we know and we can say with the deepest parts of who we are, I see and know that you are all that I need and that you are all that I want. Christ is the secret to contentment. But we experience it through having plenty and having a lot. He's the source and he's the secret. Look at verse 13. Paul says, this is the secret, all right? He says, he says, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. And what is that secret, he says in verse 13? He says, I can do all things, all right? He said, I can do all things, having a little and having a lot through him who strengthens me. So here it is. Paul is saying very clearly that true contentment, true satisfaction comes from our union and communion with Christ. He's saying that whether I have a lot and whether I have nothing at all, I can, I can do either one. I can live in both. I, 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 can, I, I can do either one. Why? Because I have Christ and having Christ is the power I need to be content in all things. Now, guys, this is probably one of the most quoted Bible verses. But it's, always, but it's also maybe one of the most misquoted Bible verses. Because the context that, the, the, that this verse is in is in the context of contentment. But most of the time we use this verse is, is to get something we want. So, so Jay uses this, this Bible verse every time he plays basketball, hoping that he can actually dunk, right? So it's like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but, but he needs to see that he will never be able to do it because he doesn't have the ability to dunk, right? But it's his hope. It's his hope. He uses this to get what he wants, right? You with me? I heard this story recently of a guy driving a car with one of his friends, running out of gas. So they hit this light and they see a gas station over the left, but the only way to get to the gas station is they had to go down a couple miles, do a U-turn and get to the gas station. Now there was, an, there was another option. They could take a left because there's an entrance closer, but by taking a the left, they'd be going down a one-way street, all right? So decisions to make, to, to, to be made. If they go down, there's a good chance they're gonna run out of gas. And if they take a left, they 
could just smoke some of the car, right? So what'd they do? They, they, they decided to take a left, to go down the one-way street. So as soon as that light turned green, boom, they, t- they, they busted left, they went down, car starts sputtering. Now down a little ways, another light turned green, all these cars start coming down towards them. So cars sputtering, cars coming towards them, they don't know if they're gonna make it to the entrance, and all of a sudden, one dude just starts screaming out, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what this verse is about. Now they got what they wanted and what they needed. They, they, they made it to the gas station. But, but Paul is not using this verse in that context. It's not like he's saying, you know what? I can bust out of this prison. I can bust out of these chains. I can, I can put these guards in an MMA headlock through the strength that God gives me, right? That's not what he's saying. Philippians 4.13 is not about getting what you want with God's help. Philippians 4.13 is coming to this place that we truly see and know that nothing in, our, in, in this life will truly satisfy us. Philippians 4.13 is the secret that if you have found Christ, you have found the one thing that will truly satisfy you in good times and in bad times. Whether you have a lot, whether you have nothing at all, the source and secret to true contentment is found in Christ. He is the power that strengthens us in good times and bad times to be able to say, you know what? It's well with my soul. It's well with my soul. When I'm facing the most difficult challenges and circumstances, I'm able to say in the moment, it is well with my soul. And when I have a lot, that promises to satisfy my deepest longings, you say, I, I can say, they won't. They won't. Because I've learned the secret to contentment. Whether I have a lot, nothing at all. Christ is the source to true joy, true peace, true rest. So listen to this. Think about this for a moment. If you have Christ this morning, what need in your life has he not met? What do you want this morning? What is it that Christ does not satisfy that want? You need someone to, to, to be there with you always in difficult circumstances and hard times? You have him. You need someone who will never reject you when others do? You have him. You need the hope of a better future when, when, your, when, your, when your difficult circumstances or hard things that you face in this life seems to rob you of that hope. You have him. You, you need the cravings of your, uh, of your heart to, to, to be loved, to, uh, to, to be needed, to be, to be wanted. You have him. And he satisfies those desires. You have the greatest love poured out upon you from your heavenly father that no person on the face of this planet will ever satisfy. You want the hope of eternal life? You want the hope of transformation? You want the the hope of everlasting life in his presence? You want the hope of an eternal inheritance? You, you, You want to be rich beyond all, all, all imagination. You've got Christ. You have his inheritance. You have everything that you need and you have everything you want. He is the source of true contentment in this life. To have Christ, you get everything. 
But to not have him, you will always, always, always be restless and searching until you find him. I wanna close with a story. I had the opportunity to visit India when I was in seminary. And um, over the last couple days that I was there, guys, <clears throat> I experienced some of the worst living conditions in the slums of India that uh, are beyond imagination. Walking down these streets, uh, the slums of India, and just being able to, to see sewage just flowing down the roads next to these houses that are just uh, made of cardboard and whatever other materials. I mean, the stench... I've never smelt something so horrific in my life. And I can remember walking by these, these, these houses and looking in the houses and all I saw were just blankets on the, uh, on the ground for people to, to sleep on. That, that, that was their mattress. And all I could think about during this time as I, as I was taking it all in is, is like, all right, how do I bring a team back to build better houses, to give them better living conditions? Because by giving them better living conditions, they're gonna be more happy. That's all I could think about. And so <clears throat> I had lunch with a follower of Jesus who lived in these conditions. And as we were talking, I, I shared with him my, my desire and my, my, my uh, hope to bring a team back to, to uh, build houses, to give them, to improve their living conditions. And I'll never ever forget what he said to me. He said, brother, we don't need anything else. We have everything that we need. We have everything that we need to be satisfied in this life. Better living conditions will not give us this because what we have is Jesus and he's all that we need. Now, that may, may not make much sense to us because we live in this, in this, in this culture of plenty. But when you live in those conditions and that's your experience, and you're able to say, Jesus, you are all that we need. It, is, it, it, it doesn't make sense to us. Guys, I, I never experienced any, any other Christians with such joy. I mean, in the midst, when, when the world sees these guys, when, when they, they see these people living in these conditions, you're saying, how is that possible to have this much joy, experiencing and tasting this joy when this is what you're living in? And that's the answer. It doesn't make sense to the world, but it makes sense to us if we've experienced and taste the wonderful nature, the wonderful gift that we have and we've received in Jesus to be able to say that you are all that we want and all that we need. So here I am in Norman, Oklahoma. And here you are. And I have an amazing wife and kids. And I have a, a nice, comfortable home that I can go to. I have wonderful parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters. I have all I can eat Chick-fil-A. It's beautiful. It's nice. I have you, whom I deeply, deeply love. I have money in the bank. And sometimes there's, there's, uh, there's, a lot, which is relative, right? Like, but it's, it's, it's more than the majority of the world. And it's enough, it's sufficient. And when I begin to desire more, I mean, there's a desire, most of you know me, I, I want a pool, right? I want a house with a pool. I may never get that house with a pool and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I mean, it'd be nice if I had it, but I'm okay. I'm okay. 
and I'm content not to have it. Why? Because I have all that I need. I have all that I, that I want, and I'm, I'm, I'm content because I know, I know that having a pool is not going to satisfy the deepest longings of my soul. At times I believe it will, but it won't. I'll go on to something else, guys. The grass is not greener. It's not greener. And when I'm in times of need, guys, I think about those Christians in the slums of India. And I'm reminded that he is all that I need. Because better circumstances are not going to make me happier. More stuff is not going to make me happier. It's not going to satisfy the deepest longings of my heart and my soul. The secret to true contentment in your life and my life is all about Christ. To live with him and in him and for him and enjoy the things that he has given us today. Because when we begin to enjoy the things that he's given us today and see them as a, as, as a wonderful gift that God has given to us, we actually can enjoy them today, right? And not move on to other things. We actually can enjoy our families today and, and, and enjoy, you know, a, a, a pop-up pool, you know, $200. It's good, great, sufficient, gets us wet. We have a great time. I can enjoy it, and so can you. The secret, though, to true contentment is learning this, experiencing this in times of needs and times of wants. Guys, what else do we need? What else do we want? If we have him, we have Christ, we have everything we need, and we have everything we want. Amen? Let's pray. Father, you have been so kind to us, so kind. We cannot begin to express the kindness that you have shown to us. That we woke up this morning as a demonstration of your kindness. That I'm not feeling well this morning, but I'm still here. I'm still alive as a demonstration of your kindness, Father. It just shows us that every breath that we take is a gift from you. And it reminds us and shows us that everything we need is from you. And everything we want in this life is found in you. We want the hope of, of eternal life and we have that in you. We, we, want the, we want to be loved and we have that in you. We want to be accepted and we have that in you. We want to be forgiven and we have that in you. We want to be we want to be noticed and we have that in you. Like the deepest longings of our hearts and our soul is found in you. All of it's satisfied in you. And we're so thankful and grateful for that, Father. That you have made us to be restless until we find that you is what truly satisfies our heart and our soul. And in many ways, maybe this morning you're, you're causing us to be pretty miserable because we're looking for other things to satisfy our, our hearts and, and our soul, and, and they just won't do it. And so you, you want us to see that. You want us to see that, 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 that pursuing the things of this world to satisfy the deepest longings of our heart and soul is just futile. It's worthless. And you want to bring us to this place where we find and see and be able to say, it's you, Father, that all we need and all we want. Bring us to that place, Father. By your grace, bring us to this place. It's, it's through learning this. It's through experiencing this. And that's what you want to teach us this morning. You want to teach us in times of need and in times of abundance that you 
Father, for all that we need. Bring us to that place where we can truly say that with the deepest parts of our soul. We ask this in Jesus' name.